Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Back and better than ever. Greeny with you. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests like Richard Jefferson, 15 minutes on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. And when I decided to come back to radio, this was the day I had in mind. This is exactly why I want to be here. There is nowhere I would rather be right now than here with you. And delighted that you're here with me. And I'm going to want to hear from you. And you can tweet at me right now. Hashtag Greeny. Hashtag Green Y. Greeny with a Y. I want to know what you think about the things we're going to talk about. And there's only one place, as far as I'm concerned, that we can start. We're going to talk about the Nets and their head coaching hire today. We'll talk about that with Richard. We will definitely talk about Tom Seaver, an idol of my youth. We will talk about a lot of other things as well. But there is only one place, as far as I'm concerned, that we can begin. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And the Straight Talk is this. I hated both calls at the end of the game last night. Both of them. Miami-Milwaukee, both of those calls were bad. In fact, both of those calls were ridiculous. How can you defend them? Let's start with the one that could have cost Miami the game. Goran Dragic going straight up playing defense. Chris Middleton elevating and shooting a three whilst moving forward. If you want to teach young people how to play basketball, if there is an instructional video that you are putting together on how to defend a shot without committing a foul, show them what Dragic did last night. Just show them exactly what he did. Stand straight up. Don't bring either one of your arms down. Hold your position. Don't move forward an inch. He just stood there. That's not a foul. That is not a foul. If Middleton didn't have room to come down, it's because he jumped into Dragic. So Dragic has two choices in that situation. One, don't play defense at all. Just run in the opposite direction. Two, do exactly what he did. So that's a terrible call. I can't imagine anyone defending that call. It's driving me nuts that people are. Hashtag Greeny, let me know what you think. My mind is generally open. Maybe you can talk me out of this. That one I doubt. But that one ultimately didn't decide the game because the last call of the game decided the game. Giannis running at Jimmy Butler, grazing him on the hip with his hand, I mean, Joel, uh, uh, Giannis is a man. Who, what does he weigh? Guys, what does he weigh? Uh, Bubba Cliff, 260 pounds? I mean, what, what, what must he weigh? 250 pounds? He's 6'10". What does he weigh? He's got to weigh 200. He touched him so gently. So he, he brushed so gently the side of Jimmy Butler as he went by that that was percent of his body weight in terms of force and mass and acceleration and all sorts of other physics that I know nothing about. How much does he weigh, guys? Someone tell me. Because however much he weighs, two, no, not Butler, Giannis. How much does Giannis weigh? Because Giannis, 242, I am being told, he weighs 242 pounds. How much weight do you think he put into Jimmy Butler there? Was it a pound? Could it have been less? He brushed him. He brushed him as he went by. And I think the explanation of how a terrible call that was was offered better than anybody today on my TV show by Damian Woody, of all people, when Richard Jefferson and, and David Fisdale are sort of defending the call, sort of, 
One of them called the call acceptable. The other one called it valid. I was trying to get someone to say it was nonsense. And thankfully, Damian Woody said, and I quote, if we're playing on the blacktop and you call that foul on me, we're scrapping. And I completely agree. Now, I'm not much of a scrapper. I'm not particularly scrappy. But if we're playing on the blacktop and you call that foul on me, you can expect a strongly worded letter. Strongly. There might even be profanity. Because that call is ridiculous. And it probably cost the Bucks a season. Well, it cost them their season. They're the best team in basketball all year long. And they lose on that call. Now, I think they're going to lose anyway. I thought they were going to lose before the series started. I think they were going to lose even if they won last night. But fair is fair. They deserve a chance. That's a terrible call. I've been watching basketball all my life. That is a call you make with no time, literally no time left on the clock in a playoff game against the league MVP. He's the reigning MVP. He's the defensive player of the year. He's going to be the MVP again. He's closing out on a shooter using 0.05% of his body weight that actually touches him, and they call that a foul. I can't believe it. I think it is a terrible call, and I, I can't imagine why anyone is defending it. So let me hear from you. Hashtag Greeny with a Y if you have thoughts. You might be on my side. If you're on the other side, I'll read them. We'll see if you can change my mind. Again, I consider myself an open-minded person. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. All right, I love listening to the play-by-play calls of these moments as well. And this one I especially like. The call is courtesy of 790 The Ticket in Miami. Mike English is the play-by-play announcer for the Heat. And I want you to hear the dramatic build in the call. Because at first he thinks, okay, we're going to overtime. And then you can actually hear very clearly as each word goes by that the magnitude of what has just happened is occurring to him. And he realizes, oh my goodness, they're going to win on this call. Here's the call, Mike English. Dragic into Jimmy Butler. Butler on the left side. Butler baseline. Step back for the win. And he is fouled. He He has fouled Jimmy Butler. And he'll go to the line. Jimmy Butler got fouled. And a chance to win it at the free throw line with no time left on the clock. I have seen everything. (laughs) (laughs) I really like that call very much. In that moment, he realizes the magnitude of what has just happened. And we all do at the same time. You know what just happened? The Bucks just got knocked out of the playoffs. That's what just happened on that call. Now, it isn't quite as dire as it would be in a normal season because in a normal season, the Bucks would have just lost two home games and they'd be completely finished. They have to win four out of five against a very good Miami team that is very well coached, that has far more good players than most people realize. Bam Adebayo has become a star and Jimmy Butler is the goods. So I don't think they're going to beat them. But if this was a regular year, they would be completely done at this point. So we'll see. We'll get the thoughts on that and more from Richard Jefferson, who will join me in a few minutes. His tweet heard round the world last night, which I will agree with. I think his tweet was misinterpreted by most. What he actually meant to say was right. But the other huge news from yesterday, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl. Leonard Fournette? Are you kidding They got Leonard Fournette for nothing. Do you realize all of the pieces they have around Tom Brady right now? Where do you begin? Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, 
O.J. Howard, Rob Gronkowski. The running backs are, include Rojo, Ronald Jones, who no one knows anything about, but he's terrific. Now they have Shady McCoy, and they add Leonard Fournette. They have, they have weapons as far as the eye can see. I don't think Brady has ever had this good, this much talent on his offense. Now, there was a time when he had the two-headed monster at tight end, and they were very good, Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. And that was very good. And then there was the time when he had Wes Welker and Randy Moss. But as far as just this overall volume, they drafted a stud offensive lineman in the first round. So they may not be great week one. They open a week from Sunday at New Orleans. They may not win that game. They've been together for four minutes. So it is certainly possible that, um, that they will not look great immediately and they lose that game. But by... Forget about Halloween. By the beginning of October, by the beginning of October, they will be the best offense in the NFC. And by Halloween, they'll look like the best team in the NFL. I believe they will look like the best team in the NFL because the one thing no one ever talks about with them, because all anyone talked about last year was Jameis, is their defense is great. Sneaky great. Todd Bowles is an excellent defensive coordinator. I should know. He was the head coach of the Jets. And when he was the head coach of the Jets, he was an excellent defensive coordinator. He is a great defensive coach. They have a really good defense. They have more weapons on offense, maybe not the individual best ones, but, but a greater total and combination of offensive weapons than any team in the National Football League. And they have Tom Brady at quarterback. You tell me how that's going to go. Don't forget, you can listen to ESPN Audio at home on your smart speaker. ESPN Audio at home brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out how far an extra mile really goes. From customization and service to financial assistance, Mercedes-Benz vans are ready for anything. Richard Jefferson on the tweet heard around the world, and I'm being told Scottie Pippen has responded. We will have that coming up in just a moment. I'm just getting started, and we have a ton today. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Here's Butler with three, Butler with two, with one. Butler against Matthews gets it away and no good. Do we have a foul? We do. A foul is called. Jimmy Butler can win it at the line. Please, Jimmy, make the shot. <laughs> Makes the winning free throw. I knew I was going to make one out of two, and that's all that we needed. <laughs> the Heat take a 2-0 lead over the team with the best record in the NBA. That's how it ended last night. Ramona Shelburne, I thought, summed it up perfectly on Twitter when she said, Game of Thrones had a better ending than that game did Last night, Straight Talk Wireless has the full-court cell phone coverage you need. Just 45 bucks a month gets you the unlimited plan with 25 gigs of high-speed data, then 2G for up to 50% less than the big carriers. All smart savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. Uh, by the way, I never watched Game of Thrones in my entire life. I just know everybody hated the ending, and I know I hated the ending of Miami-Milwaukee last night. My buddy Richard Jefferson is with me on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. He is as good as anybody at talking about basketball. And before we get into your tweet heard around the world from last night, Richard, 
Let us hear your thoughts on that again. Now that you've had time for me to convince you and Damian Woody to convince you of the error of your initial ways, do you think that both calls, neither call or either call last night, were correct at the end of Miami-Milwaukee? I believe because the first call was made, the second call had to be made also. Now, I know you don't like that, Greeny, but this is one thing that as players, as players, one of the things that the referees will say to us in a moment is like, you know, blah, 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 when we're kind of like, hey, look, I will give you the same call. Or they'll be like, hey, just make sure you call the same thing both ways. And in that side, then it is consistent. Right. And it's like, did we like it? No, we don't like it. I don't like the new rules. I don't like that. You can't hand touch. I don't like that guys like dribble up and then stop on a dime and shoot threes and they get three free throws. I don't like any of that. But ultimately, when you break it down, Goran Dragic would have wanted that exact same car. Yeah. Would have wanted that exact same call if he would have shot that same shot against Middleton. And that, that right there is the checkbox. Like, would you have wanted that call? Yes, I would have wanted that call. Okay, then you can't complain about it again. I know, but there are so many things I would want, Richard, that I don't get. And it doesn't mean (laughs) that they're right, and I'm not right. Listen, and I think Damian Woody put it best this morning with us on TV. If you're on the blacktop, he said it, not me. If you're on the blacktop and you're playing pickup and and, and it's game point and you elevate to take a shot and you call that foul on somebody, what's going to happen? You're going to have to shoot for it. You're going to have to shoot for it. No, 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 that's not that. you got to shoot for it. And so, look, I, it, it is tough, man. It, like, we're going to see more and more of these calls, and then coaches try and use their challenges in different ways. I think you should be able to be given a challenge in the last minute if you're successful, but you can't use it again until the final two minutes. You get, if, you're, if your challenge is successful, you get another one in the final two minutes if there's something that you wanted to challenge and look at. Ultimately, that's going to make these games so much longer and extend them. So I understand why the NBA, because it's like somebody can win their challenge and then it's gone. It's just you get one challenge. So I can understand why they're frustrated. But I don't like it. None of us likes it at all. But you see with more, we taught, we saw how many three-points our jump shooters have been fouled. The more people are trying to contest jump shots, the more jump shots that are had, the more crafty these players are getting, the deeper they're getting. So you've got to get even closer to them at a deeper range there's just going to be more and more and more of this, which is a little bit frustrating. I agree. RJ with me on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas, giving you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Okay, Richard was trending all night last night, uh, or at least the name <laughs> Pippin was trending all night last night because of something that you tweeted that got an enormous amount of attention, and we talked about it today. And I'm not sure if you've seen this yet or not, but did you see that Scottie Pippen just replied a little while ago? Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Well, what did he so say? I knew, I I, knew... Should, I be, should, should, I, should I be nervous? Because I don't want to upset my guy, Pip. I sit next to him on the jump. He's one of my heroes. Right. So I, th- I don't think you've upset him terribly. So, so here's okay. what happened. For those of you who don't know what happened. Watching the game <laughs> last night, Richard Jefferson posted, Giannis might be a Pippen. There, I said it. He needs his Jordan. And, of course, the world went crazy because you can interpret that so many different ways. And I think most people misinterpreted it. But either way, I do want to get your reaction just to Scotty's response that came in the last few minutes. Here's what he tweeted. He tweeted, I'm not Giannis. I don't have back-to-back league MVPs. He will in a matter of days. And he's not me. The question is, who were you as a player? And then the laughing, crying emoji. 
So it's not nasty. It is a response. What do you think of that? Um, who am I as a player? Oh, my God. Yeah. I am. I, who would I be on their team? I would be Kathy. I would be I would be Jason Cassio on the Bulls team. First of all, let me say this: this is how much this is how much I love Scotty. Well, I was on the jump a couple of day, uh, about a week ago, and I was like, Scotty, you know what? I've never had an opportunity because I don't really know anybody that was on that seventy-two win team Bulls. But how appreciative are you that we maintained your guys' record as the greatest team of all time because we beat the Warriors? <laughs> and he goes, Richard, I'm so appreciative of that. And I'm like, you know what? It's, it's an honor that you're a legend. And that's funny. I love I, – look, I love – it's misinterpreted from this standpoint. Pippen is a legend. Six, 50 greatest. It was not taken in the way that it, it was meant as a knock. Right. And I think and, and the more I get to know Pip and the more I watch the last dance, I feel like there are times where he takes that as like the Batman and Robin, the Jordan, the Pippin. I, don't, I think he resents that. And so from that standpoint, I, I, I regret my words. As far as what I said about Giannis, I don't change what I said. Now, at this point in time, Giannis in his career is not the guy that you want to shoot free throws or are shooting the ball in the last two minutes of the game. Right. And I said this about LeBron James. LeBron James is a four time MVP. In the NBA Finals that we won, he led the series, first player ever, led it in points, rebounds, assists, blocks, and steals. First player to ever do it, right? The most dominant player of the series, the most important player in the series, by far. Who took the last shot? Kyrie Irving. Who should have taken the last shot? Who should have taken that last shot? Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving hit multiple shots over the course of that series run. He hit a big shot in Denver. Even the next year on Christmas Day, ball is in his hands going against Clay. So, Giannis is not there yet. He's not there yet. And it took LeBron a long time to get there. It took LeBron a long time to get to that guy. And even still, there were moments where he conceded to, um, he conceded to Kyrie. So Giannis needs that. And that's just the truth. Shaquille O'Neal is the most dominant man in the league for 46 minutes. But he needed Kobe for those last two. Fact. And Kobe might have been the, the second best player in the world behind his own teammate. So when you look at this, it's more of what he needs. People are like, well, he's Jordan. He needs a Pippen. And I'm like, okay, well, if you're going to – it's more of the terminology that you're trying to say that he needs somebody that can close and, and finish a game, whether it's a Kyrie Irving, a Damian Lillard, a, a, a Jimmy Butler. Look at what Jimmy does late in games. Like this man is so clutch late in games and so crucial that that's what Giannis needs. And, or he needs his guys to step up and be that for him. You're a thousand percent right. And the way you meant it, I completely agree with. Because people will look at, at, at saying he's a Pippin and they'll think that you mean he's a Robin rather than a Batman, when in reality no. what you're saying is he is a Pippin rather than a Jordan. And those two things mean very different things. RJ, hang on a second with me, if you would. I need to take a short break. I want to do a lot more with you if I can. We'll talk more about this. We'll continue to clarify. We'll see if Scotty has anything further to say on social media. And we will get Richard's reaction to the stunning coaching hiring that took place about two hours ago. All that and more as we continue here. Greeny, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. My friend Richard Jefferson continues with me here. And, of course, he found himself in the middle of all of this conversation yesterday with his tweet about Giannis being more of a Pippen than a Jordan and that he needs a Jordan. And now Scottie Pippen has replied. And I don't think Scottie seems particularly upset. But I do think, Richard, as, as you continue with me here, that you have touched on something. Because I do think it bothers Scottie to a degree. I don't think he's especially mad at you. But I do think that it bothers him that people tend to reduce what he was. Because if Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen were winning championships today, we would talk about them as a duo. We would talk about one of these great duos like we have LeBron and AD and Shaq and Kobe and all of that. This sort of predated that. And while there isn't any question Jordan was the greater player than Pippen, Scottie would acknowledge that immediately. I think that Scottie sometimes feels like the world thinks of it as Jordan and Pippen and everybody else. When in reality, he was a superstar in his own right. And I do think that bothers him. What sense do you get of that? And, and you know what it is. And this is the thing. The more, like, you know this. I've been doing this for a year and a half. I've been playing sports my whole life and playing basketball, whatever. But understanding this side and getting to know people. You know, you understand that, like, you know, the more I've gotten to know Scotty, I can see, even watching The Last Dance, you can feel there's a little bit of a slight to it. And that was not my intention and we sit next to each other. We do the jump all the time. And he knows he is one of my legitimate heroes. And I can't use that as a metaphor or as a term. Right. And, that, and that's something that, I, you know, I'll avoid using. Should he be I you know, it, would it have been any different for me to say, you know, maybe he's a Robin. He needs his Batman. It wouldn't have been any different. Everybody would have understood the exact same thing. And so to bring an individual into that conversation that's a Hall of Famer and a six-time champion and all of these other things, I could feel how he's a little bit slighted. And, you know, for that, I'll apologize to Scotty, right, when I see him or I'll I'll text him. Because that was not my intention. My intention was that, like, yo, this player is an all-time great, as was Scotty. But at the last two minutes of the game, it it was always Jordan taking those shots. It was always Jordan's taking those shots. And... You know, that's what I think Giannis needs. Same with Shaquille O'Neal. He needed Penny Hardaway. He needed Dwayne Wade. He needed um, he needed Kobe Bryant. And when he got those guys, it elevated his game, and he was able to elevate their game. You can't double-team a pick-and-roll with Kobe Bryant if Shaquille O'Neal is on the floor. Same with Steph Curry. You can't double-team Steph Curry when you have Klay Thompson on the floor. Do you know how nightmarish that is? And so great players do elevate them. And I think the most, the, the thing for me personally, one of the top five things, and there was so much in the last dance, was when Michael Jordan said, without Scottie Pippen, there is no Michael Jordan. And so it was never meant as a slight. Scottie's one of my all-time favorite. He's just an amazing dude. So the conversation I was trying to start was saying that he needs a finisher. So I, I kind of regret how that's been taken out, but I don't regret the intent of the statement, but just how it's been taken. I get it. And I knew what you meant the entire way, but I understand yeah. 
why people reacted the way they did. So, okay, so there's that. Who knew? Twitter is a place where nuance is not always appreciated. (laughs) (laughs) Richard Jefferson is with us. All right, I want to get your take on something else that happened today, right at the end of our TV show. And Richard was on with me all morning long. Uh, And Bubba, let's do that here. But we have to get to the Nets because, Bubba, the Nets are making moves. Making Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. Richard Jefferson, about 15 minutes before we went off TV this morning, with the bomb that the Nets have hired Steve Nash as their head coach. Now, Steve is someone you know. The Nets are a team you know very well. You do their games locally. What do you think? Well, you you know, one thing I think most people in the basketball world, without actually knowing the inner workings of the Nets, you would believe that that Kevin Durant and and Kyrie would – you don't want to say sign off, like gave permission, but I, I think that they were on board with the hire, right, to a certain degree. Uh, and, and if that's the thing, if your two best players are on board from the beginning, you know, every relationship starts off good and positive. But if they were on board, then I think it's a great hire. Stephen A. brought up some good points that I politely showed some other sides to it um, uh, uh, about the hire. But ultimately, I, I think – Steve Nash is an individual that knows this game very well. He has a personal relationship with Kevin Durant. I think Kyrie, um, I believe, knows him fairly well. There's never been a person that has ever said anything negative about Steve Nash. He has elevated everyone's game who he's ever played with because he understands the game from that standpoint. So I, I, I believe it's a good hire, and now it's a matter of it to go and be a good hire. Meaning he has to do a great job. What does he have he to do? He has to do a great it, job there. Well, right. I think but it, what does that all, specifically that, mean with those two guys? I think, it, one, you know, establishing a relationship. Kyrie is an amazing, talented player. Um, he has a unique perspective on a lot of different things and making sure that you connect with him. Uh, you have such a talented, talented, talented roster managing that. How are you, you know, they, the, the Nets are one of the biggest when it comes to the sports science. So it's like managing the health of a lot of these players. Say what you want, but Karis LeVert, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, not necessarily a, a history of injury, but coming off of a severe injury. So you have your, probably your three best players have a history of injury or are coming off a major injury. So that's going to be a really, really big thing, how he manages that. Uh, and then other than that, it's just like sometimes getting the most talented roster, and I believe that they have a top three, maybe top four talented roster in the league. As a first-time head coach, that's a lot. Because there's a lot of egos, there's a lot of stuff that, that's going on in, in those locker rooms, and you're a new head coach. So, you know, a lot of his success is going to also be determined by who he hires as assistant coaches up and down. And I know Jacques Vaughn is still going to be there, which I think is, is great because he's already established relationships in that locker room and can help guide Steve. Richard, I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you. It was good to see you this morning, and I'll see you as these playoffs go on on TV one of these days. Thanks, Rich. Yeah, Scotty, I love you. <laughs> All right. Let me know how that goes. Let me, you know, here's the thing, Richard. Is Richard still there? I'm so yeah. non-confrontational with this stuff. I'm the guy who one time, this is a true story, Al Leiter called me Goldie on the air rather than Greeny. Not only didn't yeah. I correct him, but, but <laughs> I, would, I would sooner go to the DMV and legally change my name than him. So when you sit down next to Scotty Pippen on the jump, is, is Rachel is Rachel going to have to broker a piece here? How do you expect that to go? No, 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 no. See, this is the thing. I use sarcasm and jokes. I'm not the most confrontational person unless it is like last resort. I am more sarcasm mm-hmm. and jokes. <laughs> and like, I also 
my I try and handle things with a tremendous amount of respect. So like Scotty is a legend to me. So I'm just going to sing his praises until I sing him again every opportunity I get. Oh, by the way, I responded to him. He posted that tweet of who you were as a player. I responded and I said I was Scott Burrell. So that's that's how okay. I'm taking it with sarcasm and jokes. That's who I am as a player. Fair enough. I, right. I knew what you meant in the first place. Thanks, RJ. Thanks, Scotty. Let's see it. That's that's our Richard Jefferson, who's terrific. And again, I, he has told me on multiple occasions long before this came up that Scotty Pippen was his idol growing up. That's who he looked up to as a young player. And so I, I think all of that will be fine. I understood what he meant. Hey, let me give you the progressive Major League Baseball snapshot because we got two games on ESPN Radio this weekend. You got Saturday, you got the first place Dodgers hosting the Rockies. And then Sunday Night Baseball is a matchup in the NL Central, the rivalry, the Cubs and the Cardinals. It's brought to you by Progressive's Home Insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. All right, I looked up hashtag Greeny. You guys can uh, tweet at me. Just use hashtag Greeny and I'll see them. And I see some people disagreeing with me with my opening stance this morning that I hated both calls at the end of the Miami-Milwaukee game. I will have a few minutes of some phone calls coming up next. So if you want to hit me up, 888-SAY-ESPN. Call now. What I'd like you to do is change my mind. I'm an open-minded person. I am willing to be convinced I'm wrong if you'd like to try. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I am Greeny. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. Richard Jefferson was just with me for about a half hour, and he was and always is terrific if you've seen it. Scotty Pippen has tweeted a response. I get Scotty. I know exactly where Richard was coming from, and I can tell you that Richard idolizes Scotty. I grew up wanting to be Scottie Pippen. I, and, and so I know he didn't mean it the way a lot of people took it. And I don't think Scotty is terribly offended by Richard. I think he knows what Richard meant. But I do think Scotty gets tired of always being the Robin to Michael's Batman. Like Scotty, in his own right, is one of the greatest players that ever lived. And he could have been the best player on a lot of really good teams. And the one year that Michael wasn't there, I thought Scotty should have been the MVP of the league in 1994. Um, so I understand why he doesn't like being talked about the way he sometimes is. Uh, meanwhile, on the calls from last night, I hated them both. Hated them both. I hated the call on Dragic, and then I hated the call on Giannis. And of course, they wind up deciding the game and making the ending of the game just horrendous. And I am looking on Twitter. You can get in touch with me anytime. Just use hashtag Greeny. And I see a lot of people are disagreeing with me. So I threw up on the phones here at 888-SAY-ESPN, and let's see if you can change my mind. I consider myself an open-minded person. You tell me that you saw it differently, and maybe you'll change my mind. JC, you're first up. JC, what'd you think of the calls last night? Yes, Greeny, I um, I do agree with you on one thing. Both calls are a little weak. However, you say that uh, Jimmy Butler was grazed by Giannis. My understanding is the rule book states that you can't place your hand on a shooter while he's in motion. He was in the air. He placed his hand on him. How much body weight actually went into him, we don't know that. But 
It did happen. They made the call. But more importantly, they made the call prior to that as well. Second thing I disagree with is that you say it cost them the series. Miami dominated in both games. They dominated the Bucks the entire entire game up until that last minute where they almost gave it away the last 20 seconds of the game when Jimmy Butler gets trapped in the corner. Let's talk about that contact. There was a lot of contact. I think if you look at the replay, Jimmy Butler gets gets um, hit on the arm multiple times. They didn't make the no. call. So, yes, officiating was a little rough, and um, they almost gave it away. Don't like the calls, but let's not say that they, they lost the series because of the officials. But Okay, that's a good call. JC, stay with me. If I can converse with JC a little bit. I agree with your second part completely. Or, or let me rephrase that. I know I said that, but I picked Miami to win the series before. I think they were going to win the series anyway. What I'm saying is if that call isn't made, they're going to overtime, and it's 50-50 there, and then the Bucks at least are still alive. By losing that game last night, and that call does go a long way towards deciding it, now I think they're completely finished. That's what I meant by that. Does it make sense to you? That does. That's that's fair. I, I'm I'm scared of overtime in that situation. Bam is obviously fouled out of the game. He's a big uh, integral piece of the the, the lineup. Uh, I'm with you. The the ball game looks completely different. But I also believe that you know it, it wasn't just that one call. There were multiple calls that could have changed the ending of that game. Drag, uh, okay, that's Dragic, fair. Yeah. That, that's fair. Let's leave it there because I want to get some other people in. But that, that's fair. Uh, look, I thought Miami was going to win. I think they would have won the series even if they had lost last night. The, the overriding point I was trying to make is by, by that call getting made, now I think it's over. I think it's genuinely over. You're asking the Bucks to win four out of five against a team that candidly I think is better than they are. So I don't, and, and all of it on a neutral court. So I don't see that happening at all. As far as the rule, I get the rule. But, but, but the rules get thrown out all the time. Like, they don't call that at the ends of games. Or at least they didn't used to. I think that what's happened is it, when Kawhi got hurt in that series against Golden State, everything changed. Now they're so afraid of shooters getting hurt. And I understand. I don't want anybody to get hurt either. But in no way did Giannis put Jimmy Butler in any jeopardy. J- Jimmy Butler was not going to get hurt based upon what Giannis did in that circumstance. Uh, let me get some more in here. Yabunsu, I believe, is how I pronounce the next name. Yabunsu, what did you think of the calls last night? Well, going off the Jimmy Butler call, that certainly was not a foul. But if you go back to the Goran Dragic call, that is a call that has been made all regular season long, and especially in the bubble. We love to see shoot, or the refs love to see shooters initiate contact with the defender. And even if the defender's hands are straight up, like Goran Dragic's hands were, he... Chris Middleton still initiated contact, which means you have to call that foul. So at the end of the day, for that, it comes down to straight consistency. And if the refs have been making that call all regular season long and in the bubble, you have to make it in the playoff game as well. I hear you. Let me ask you a question. Do, do you believe that there is anything different that Bogic could have done in that circumstance? No, and that's, and that's what's wrong with the rule. A bunch of these that's shooters, they just initiate contact. Sometimes the defender is just helpless like that. This is not the only instance we have seen that. You could ask that question for a bunch of different fouls that have been called for James Harden, Luka Doncic, Steph Curry, all of these shooters. But at the end of the day, that's what the rule is. If the shooter initiates contact, no matter how the defender is positioned, you have to call that foul, and it doesn't matter if it's a playoff game. I like it. I, look, I, yes, you're correct. So if, if you wanted to change my mind or at least make an argument that I have to acknowledge and respect, you just did it. So that's a very good call. They do call that all the time. A, it drives me crazy. B, 
They shouldn't do it in that situation in that game. That's my opinion. I think playoff games should be officiated differently than seeding games in a bubble that were essentially glorified exhibitions. Last night, the season is on the line. I got 30 seconds for you, Gary. Go ahead. I, I didn't want to let you stay on hold. Gary, what was your thought last night? Yeah, I was uh, watching and just, you know, basically the only way I could justify seeing that that was a foul was that when Dragic was there to block Middleton or to, you know, to contest a shot, that he yeah. uh, was in the way of uh, Middleton coming down. You know, whereas whenever I seen Giannis going up to block the shot and contest Butler's shot, he actually tried to get out of the way. Um, I mean, yeah. like I said, or I've been hearing it, you know, both of them were kind of weak calls, but, um, you know, that's the only thing I could see to, that justifies it. The fact that Middleton didn't have a place to land whenever he was coming down yeah. from the shot, opposed to where But Butler, the reason for that, Gary, I don't mean to cut you off. Sense. I'm going to run out of time here. Uh, Gary, thank you very much. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I did want to get you in. Um, the reason Middleton had nowhere to land is because he jumped forward into where Dragic was standing. So I, I get that they call that all the time, but just because they do it all the time doesn't make it a good thing. One team won the Super Bowl yesterday. I'll tell you who next, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.